Well, thank you guys all for joining us for another episode of the Gray Ridge Ministries podcast. I'm so excited today. We have Taylor Jenkins joining us. And Taylor, you were on with us about a year ago. Yeah, yeah. I think right at the end of COVID, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And so you and your wife, Carissa, you guys launched Word and Spirit. And since then, also have launched local church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yes, yeah. And so I just wanted to have you back on because there are so many people that said so many great things about everything that you shared. But I wanted to see how is the church going since you yeah. launched? How's everything feel for you? What's the progress that you guys are seeing? Yeah, so a little backstory. We started in our home uh, doing prayer meetings back in uh, 2022. Uh, from literally January all the way through the end of the year. And so this past, uh, the end of January, as when we officially launched and we uh, started, and it's been great. I mean, it's uh, a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. I'm learning a lot. I think anybody that um, sets out to do something like this, uh, you know, you think you have everything figured out, but then when you get in, you start working, you start yeah. you know, molding and changing. And so uh, it's been a lot of fun. And honestly, it's the kind of the thrill of a lifetime. So. And you guys, you know, you're in the community, but what's the heart of what you guys want to do in Chattanooga? What is the reason that you said, hey, Chattanooga needs local church? Well, you know, sometimes looking into what you're doing, where you're at, you know, we're so, we like to look so far down the field. Yeah. And we kind of found ourselves um, really seeking out, okay, God, why did you tell us to leave? We were in Tulsa for about six years um, and we were working at a church and, and things were very, very well. And then God really just called us out. And so we left and, and we'd been about two and a half to three years before we had officially decided that we were going to launch. Yeah. And uh, we were like, you know, so God, been a while, like what, what's your vision? And one thing I think is so interesting when you talk about, you know, ministries and different things, everybody has a vision for their ministry. Yeah. But I believe God has a vision and a destiny for a city. I think God wants to to bring, you know, churches and ministries into a place, not just for the sake of their ministry, but really for the sake of the city. And so yeah. what we believe God wants to do in Chattanooga, so it's actually two hours between the major cities in the Southeast. It's two hours between Nashville, two hours between Birmingham, and it's two hours between Atlanta. And what God showed us was that he wants to open up Chattanooga like a portal, and the revival and the glory of God could be poured out, and it could be a like kind of a middle point. Yeah, to reach the entire Southeast region of the United States. It's actually a hub for transportation companies, a yeah. logistics company, because everything flows through Chattanooga. And so that's kind of our vision. We really want to see God move in a mighty way, not just in Chattanooga, but also uh, he wants to use Chattanooga to reach the entire Southeast region. of and, uh, and that's amazing that you guys yeah. are like this central location of where God wants to send people out from. But your heart for the people that are going to be attending local church. I'm sure you want to see their gifts cultivated. You want them to not only recognize their giftings, but also find their place. Yeah. And so really, what's your heart for the people that are going to be attending Buffalo Church? Well, the the interesting thing is that I've actually been doing a lot of studying up on this, and um, God's just blowing my mind with some just different things. You know, we received a model of church for so long, um, and it's the, you know, come and see. But I believe God in this hour is doing, he's flipping in, it's go and tell. And he's raising up people in the church, in the body of Christ, to carry the power and the glory of God into every space that they're involved in, whether that's the workplace, whether that's in their family, um, and then also within the context of the church. And so what we're really believing is that God would empower, he would impart, uh, but also that there would be a recognition of what God has put in every single person. And it's so interesting, like, you know, we really relegate a lot or we delegate a lot of what we think are miracle signs, wonders to, you know, the pastors or to my leaders of my church. 
But I do believe God has something for every single person. Yeah. And it's our goal. We want to help. Okay, let's highlight this. Let's orient this. What? Let's find, you know, what category is this? Because we all carry scripture. Yes. Sure. We, if, if yeah. we have the Holy Spirit in us, we all carry spiritual gifts. Yes. And so now let's do some digging and, and figure them out because um, a lot, you know, it's funny. Spiritual gifts are to your spirit what like personality tests are to your mind and emotions. And so when you start actually looking through um, the Bible and you start recognizing what are some of these people and what gifts did they carry and did that resonate with me? Yeah, I know. So yeah, and it's a, like an inspiration also to see other people in a community that are so willing to let the Holy Spirit move through them in those spiritual gifts and also to have people in your life that are willing to recognize them and then also pull them out of you. Yeah. You know, like we have a mutual friend, Brad Spangler. So oh. we, we, uh, we were all just together in yeah. uh, friends, great time that we had together. Um, but, uh, just to, we're laughing because we had such a fun, we had such a fun time. <laughs> yes. And then, but also, and, and I'm, I'm gonna, preface it by saying we went to Zambia together, which is an inside jump between us. We was some yeah. history, a lot of stories that me and Brad had in Zambia. But one thing that I'll say is while we were there, he recognized gifts in me yeah. and he wouldn't allow me to withhold them anymore. It was like, almost like I knew they were in me, but I was reluctant to let them out because I was nervous or I was hesitant or I was afraid it was going to be wrong. And he was like, no, I see this. It needs to come out now. And so I think it's important. So you probably recognize that even as a pastor, that you recognize people in your church that have giftings and maybe they're hesitant. Maybe they're nervous. Maybe they're, they're not, uh, they're unsure. And you're just like, no, I see this in you. I recognize it and I want to pull it out of you. Yeah. And it's important to have people in your life to do that. But also one thing that I've recognized is that it's more important for me to be that person to other people, Mm -hmm. whether anybody else in my life does that and pulls it out of me, I'm going to make sure that I'm someone that's going to pull it out of other people, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And, you know, even looking, um, and I do want to talk about that, the group and kind of what all got yeah. it. But one of the most beautiful things when we were all together in France, we spent a morning where we were literally, it was prophetic. It was very, there was strong utterance. Uh, we were calling out the gifts that we saw over them, uh, over each other as a group. And it was yeah. so beautiful and it was so healthy. Um, and I think we should talk about that here in a bit as it pertains to people that want to get started in ministry, um, kind of what that has been for us. And, and, but aside from just that, uh, like you said, pulling it out of people, calling it out of people, um, you know, I think sometimes people are intimidated to step out and what's on their life because it's not perfected. I heard someone say this, don't wait for the message to be perfected, preach it until it's perfected. Function in it until it's perfected. Yeah. Uh, because there's so many gifts and there's so many needs that are not being met because people are holding what God has given them back. Stuart, you know, it's um, my wife has got a really exciting project that she's working on. And the other day we had kind of a break st- uh, breakthrough moment, uh, kind of like a mile marker uh, in that project. And I looked at her and I said, babe, God gave you something and you have stewarded it. And I'm so grateful that you went through with it. And you, and, and so now because of that, things are opening up and doors are opening up. And I think there's so many things in people that God is looking for you to steward it. You know, everybody's so concerned, you know, I need a word, you know, Abraham went without knowing where he was going. He had no idea. He had no idea where he was going, right? God is raising up Abrahams in this day mm-hmm. who are willing to say, you know what? I believe, you know, you, you say you're looking for a word, you're like, God, what do you want to do with my life? You know, what do you want to do? Well, God's told you you're a pastor. God's told you you're an evangelist. 
That's your word. So step out in faith. Now, you know, I'm not saying be reckless. I'm not saying yeah. go out and, and you know, uh, uh, go against, you know, wisdom. Part of that, though, is look around. Do you have people that you can bounce things off? Do you have people? And that's yeah. kind of that group that we're talking about here is, is you know, there's God has safety nets as well. But what I am challenging you to do is there's probably more in you than you're really letting out of you. And God wants to pull it all out. I 100% agree with that. And I think that... Um, you know, just brings him back to Jeremiah. Yeah, I taught Jeremiah, and so like that. Every time I I hear anything, I'm like, let's go back to Jeremiah. But in in chapter 20 and verse nine, he said, you know, God, he got through all this persecution. He says, you know, God, I don't even want to say your your name anymore. I don't want to talk about you anymore because I face all this persecution. But there's this fire, come on, burning within me that has to come out. He said, I tried to hold it back, but it actually made me tired. And I recognize this, that there's times in our lives that we're tired, we're frustrated, we're discouraged. And could it potentially be because you're not allowing the gifts within you to come out? What God's placed on your life to actually come out and be demonstrated to the people around you? Because we were all made to pour out. We're not just people that are supposed to be drawing on others. You know, I don't want to have to go to you, Taylor, and get encouragement. I don't want to have to come to you and just say... Remind me how great I am. I want to be able to tell you and compliment you and pull out gifts in you. You know, I don't want to be the woman at the well going back every single day trying to draw something from you, but I want to be that fountain that overflows and gives out. And I think that it's so important, you know, and just in Jeremiah, you know, I was just seeing his life. You know, most scholars agree he's 20, he was 25 years old at the time that he was called into the ministry. And so even this time when he's like, God, I'm too young. Yeah, actually like, his argument, it wasn't always out of insecurity. He actually had a valid argument because you had to be 30 at that time wow. to be in the ministry. So he's saying, God, I'm too young. And in in a sense, in, in that culture, his, his argument was valid. He was like, I'm inexperienced. I'm not allowed to be in this place. And God was like, no, but I've called you. Wow. And so there's sometimes in our lives that God has asked us to do something where we look at him and we say, I'm inexperienced. Or other people, the society's not going to accept me, but God's saying, don't look at that. Go further, step into it. And I think all of us, I think that there's gifts in us. There's writing gifts. There's speaking gifts. There's gifts of encouragement. There's gifts of wisdom. There's gifts of mercy. That's one thing that we talked about yeah, when we were in France. You, you had kind of mentioned about mercy, even people having this ability to and have mercy on others. And Catholic, yeah, yeah. Well, and what's interesting about the gifts, and I've actually been going through a, a deep study. There's a, a resource, a book called Convergence, um, by a guy named John Thompson up in Canada, and they and he got a lot of it from another book and resource. And so, uh, but it's actually a breakdown of all spiritual gifts, and um, it breaks it up into not only referencing first Corinthians 12, which we know of as like the gifts of the spirit, yeah, um, but it also does Romans 12, where it talks about some of these like mercy, leadership, uh, some of these other gifts as well. And he breaks it up into three segments. He has uh, love gifts, word gifts, and power gifts. And it has been so refreshing. Um, part of the understanding around spiritual gifts is like what you're talking about is letting those come out of you is also recognizing that these are graces God has given you. Yeah. And you need to become very familiar with what spiritual gift as a rocket says it. in Romans 12 yeah. to not think more highly of yourself than not. Yeah. And we put a lot of pressure in our culture today on our pastors to carry all of these gifts, but we 
it, there's this interdependence yeah. that's required. And it's, I need what you have and you need what I have to make this whole thing work together. Yeah. And it has been so enlightening. Like you were talking about mercy. Um, your leadership is one, uh, giving the Bible talks about the gift of giving. What does that look like? Uh, it's not just the, the person with the most money. It's, it's the person yeah. who, when they see need, they're compelled. There's a yeah. supernatural grace to try to meet that need. There's, you know, all of these different spiritual gifts. And I want to tell you right now, the best way to recognize them and for to, them to be pulled out of you is number one, recognize who God has connected you to and hooked you up to. Yeah. If, and, and I want to talk for a minute. If you're young and you have a, a, a desire to step out into leadership, whether it's ministry and get started, go and submit to somebody and serve them in light of their weaknesses in light of their failures, in light of their shortcomings, and in light of how much you disagree with what that they are doing. Yeah. I'm telling you what, that will develop your character because gifts are great, but character will sustain your ministry. That is so true. And and so there's a need for, um, I, I think young people today, uh, there is the, let's step out, let's do this, but they've never actually submitted. They've never died to themselves. They've never actually been in a position where they had to put their preferences down and what's happening is there's no substance so they step out and there's a lot of gifting but there's really no anointing there's a lot of um, uh you know a lot of ideas but there's no authority and and people they're not sticking with the people yeah because there's a the anointing is is found in the crushing it's found in the the oil comes from the crushing of of you know the olives yeah that is what god is looking to do uh, and and bring the anointing through your ministry. You might think, okay, well, I'm very gifted, and and maybe you even feel like there's other people more gifted. But I'm telling you right now, dying to yourself will bring about the glory. You know, it's funny we we see Jesus, right? It says in Philippians that he uh, let go of all of his power and his glory, and he became like a man. And then he died and was obedient unto death. Well, you know what's interesting? Death to self will always bring the resurrection and always bring the exaltation because what happened with Jesus, he died, but then he was exalted and it said he was given the name that was above every name. Yeah. And there's so much promotion found in submission. There's so much promotion found That's in being obedient, uh, even when you don't agree. And I'm telling you right now, knock the chip off your shoulder. I, I want to tell you, I want to encourage you as somebody who's very zealous and is very ambitious. Uh, the best thing for me came when I was challenged, when I was actually open to feedback, when I was actually yeah. open to um, a little bit of correction. Correction is your friend. I'm sorry, this is prophetic. I feel the Holy Ghost fine. Correction is your friend. You don't know everything. I come, take it from someone who thinks they know everything, but you don't know everything. That when we were in yeah. France, I was always playing devil's advocate, but I'm telling you, I was encouraged. I was rebuked and exhorted at the same time. Time. I was yeah. encouraged by, you know, bringing about differing opinions and ideas. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm talking about buying. I love it, man. And one thing that he, that even brought me to is like, it's so important to not surround ourselves with yes men or people that are just going to agree with everything that we're doing and be like, man, that's fantastic. Of course, you want people in your life that encourage you and recognize gifts and pull them out. But you also want people that correct you in areas that need to be corrected. Uh, and to be honest, like, uh, that's what I love with our group that we have. So, um, we, we went with a group of it's five now, five of us now to France 
And uh, it's really just a group of people who we hold each other accountable. And one of the statements that we made is that accountability um, for like uh, for sin is really like the lowest level. Like, of course, we, we want to live holy lives. Of course, we want to live righteous lives. That's who we're called to be as Christians, as believers in Jesus. But there's also another level of accountability. Yeah. And, and in terms of, okay, why are you, what are your motivations? Come on. Why are you doing these are hard issues? Then the hard issues are the hard. That's what? the thing. It's because it's like, okay, what you're doing looks great. But why are you doing yeah. what you're doing? Yeah, of course, like there's some great fruit from that. But at the end of the day, if it's not done for the right reasons, there's still something wrong in that. And I think it's important to find people in your life in the best way you can. I don't even know how to tell people. Maybe you can help, but I don't even know how to tell people to find people to surround themselves in that way. Well, number one, you have to embrace vulnerability. Yeah. That was um, for me uh, when we all went the first night. I'm not a crier. I didn't cry on my wedding day. I didn't cry when any of my two kids were born. I love all Let me just stop you there. I didn't cry. I I cried (laughs) on my wedding day and my wife, Lorena, was very upset. She was like, I really wanted you to cry. Like, come on. Did you cry? I did. It wasn't visible. Yeah. Okay. It was so no one knew that you loved. Yeah. I got so so I'm like, but that vulnerability, like you were talking about, like, well, I was, I literally the first night. I mean, I was, I was in tears. I mean, I was just wrecked, and vulnerability opens you up for a deeper connection with people. Um, But then also to recognize, um, you say if you're hungry for that, number one, it's going to cost you something. Yeah, that, you know, a lot of the times, the best relationships I had to pursue, I had to maintain, and I had to go out of my way to honor and value them. You know, again, here by art here, you have great things in you, but I'm telling you what, God is putting someone else in your life. He's giving you the Moses and the Aaron dynamic, and you need to find your Aaron. And in finding your errands in your life, um, I believe that it's crucial that you embrace vulnerability. You pay the price. Um, you see the value in it. Look around. Are there people who are in the same position of life? God is more than likely put your next breakthrough in the heart of somebody else around you. Yeah. But because we're so internalized, we're so individualized. I actually heard someone say that recently. One of the biggest uh, problems in our culture as far as church leadership and ministry is the individualism that we're experiencing in culture today. And so individualism, get over yourself. Go out. Start being vulnerable. And these are yeah. hard words. And, I, I, you know, it's one thing to say this as like an idea, like, oh, that's great. You know, I want to be vulnerable people. But when they're asking you questions about your marriage and they're asking you questions about your ministry, why did you decide to do this? Or, oh, I don't agree with that. You know, the Protestant world today that we live in, they divide when they disagree. Mm. But that's not doable in covenant. This is a covenant thing. It's like, you know, we have, yeah. you know, and we have a lot of disagreements. Um, you know, and that doesn't mean that, you know, there's no grounds for relationship. That actually means that we're probably going to have healthier relationships. Yeah. Uh, that means that that's probably a breeding route for family. I don't know about oh, you, yeah. but every family I've ever been in, uh, you know, it's messy. When I say family I've ever been in family. I've had the privilege of being around and get to know yeah. it's, it's there's mess. There's, you know, yeah, for better. Sure. That's kind of how I would say, just get in and get after it. I think what you said is so important too, is to be vulnerable with people. And to allow your true self to be seen, um, because who God created you to be has to come out. Because we can build this wall and this facade, but 
really your true heart can only come out through vulnerability. Yeah. And being okay with being corrected. You know, yeah. That's actually, I think I, I've made this statement before, but even for me, like, of course, I have people around me, but even to the Holy Spirit, that uh, one of the most dangerous things I think you can say is Holy Spirit prune me because there's this cutting off and it's not always fun when you have those disagreements, even with people, <laughs> yeah. you know, that you've surrounded yourself with, it's not always a fun experience, but there's growth that comes from it. There's something that you're going to see on the other side that's worth it in the end. hundred percent. And you know what I've had to do. So naturally I'm not good at feedback. Yeah. Like I, I don't receive feedback very well, but what I've had to do is I've had to start going in and putting my ideas putting my thoughts, putting my dreams. Now, here's the thing. There's a difference between putting, you know, uh, you know, should I wear this hat or that hat? I'm talking, but when you put your dreams out there on the chopping block and you let other people speak to them, it, it's a very humbling experience. You know, it's funny, you know, we read, you know, in the Bible, uh, God resists the pride, but he gives grace to the humble. I'm telling you what, there is grace for what you're desiring to see and do. It's on the end of dying to yourself and being humble and presenting those ideas and saying, hey, what do you think about this? Yeah. And what do you, you know, um, I've done that over the years in so many relationships and it's actually freeing. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, you feel like if you're feeling stuck, you're feeling um, maybe delay, I say take where you're at and start getting input from people who have gone there and been in there and experienced it. I also want to say one thing right now, we are experiencing a generation of pastorless people. There is you need to go and begin developing relationships with your pastor. I'm telling you right now, that is huge. You need to know who your hookup is in the body of Christ. Yeah. And then those are the people you're taking these ideas to. Those are the people that you're submitting these ideas to. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that is, is the stepping stone too, is, is finding, okay, where has God placed me in the body? Who can I trust? Because there is a vulner, there's a, a component in vulnerability that requires trust. Yeah. Who can I trust? Um, and the way you measure that is by the fruit in their life. Um, and then aside from just the fruit in their life, where are they going? Yeah. What is their vision for? Yeah. Because if those don't align with where you see yourself going, then you're going to end up uh, somewhere you don't want to be. So number one, do I trust this individual? Yeah. Do I see where they're going? And can I go there also? Yeah, and those are some components I think when de de deciding who do I need to start being you know vulnerable with, who do I need to start bouncing ideas off of with. Yeah, and I think one thing not only recognize that in other people, but also make sure you're developing that in yourself. Yeah. Like I want to be someone that someone can come to, and when they tell me something about their life, I'm going to give them honest feedback, but I'm also not going to be sharing it with other people. I'm going to yeah. be somebody that's trustworthy. I'm not even going to be sharing it to my other close friends, but I'm going to keep this between us. I'm going to actually pray for that person in that situation. I think one thing about our group is that not only do we have discussions, but we're not always looking for advice necessarily. Yeah, we're having this open vulnerability and then also taking it to God together. Oh, and it's a group. But I also want to be someone that uh, also someone else can be vulnerable with. Yep. And, and trust me knowing that, okay, when you open yourself and you allow yourself to tell me some of the things that you're struggling with or some of your dreams. Okay, maybe I'll tell you what I think or what I feel led to tell you, but I want you to be safe here. Yeah, I want you to know that this is an open space for you to do that. So I think, first of all, if you're looking for a group like that, not only look for those things in other people, but make sure you're developing that in yourself. And it's the same with relationships. 
a lot of times we, we look for a spouse and we want them to be a certain way, but we need to first make sure that we're developing those things in our yeah. in the same way, you know? Yeah, no, that's so critical. And, you know, self-development is, is the key to, um, organizational growth. It's yeah. the key to, um, so many areas. Uh, and, and if you do have a dream, you know, we encourage you to begin right now developing yourself, but also see yourself, um, as what God has called you to be. The best part about what we were able to do that morning when we were all prophesying over each other, the gifts that we felt, you know, each of us had was that was helping us shape our own view of ourself. And one of the best advice someone gave me, they gave me a prophetic word of, of really what God has marked my life with and, you know, really what I'm called to function in and do. And afterwards they told me, they said, look, God called me when I was 16 years old to be a prophet, but I didn't accept it for like 10 years. I'm telling you, there's things God has put on your life. You need to begin yeah. to see yourself as who God has called you to be. And you need to be, now that doesn't mean you be arrogant, but you carry that with sobriety and with humility mm -hmm. and knowing that just because my circumstances doesn't look like what I want it to be for what he's called me to, that does not mean that you are not who God has made you to be. You are already who God has made you to be right now, but yeah. you're just consistently getting that you're, you're, you're God's pruning you. He's getting you, uh, your character there. Your identity is the same, but now he's giving you the substance, yeah. you know, the exterior, the, 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 the title, whatever you want to call it is the same, but now he's developing your inner man, the issues of the heart. He's refining you, getting you ready. So that way, as you step into that, you're ready for it. It's not going to crush you. It's not going to, you know, limit your potential. And one thing that I'm really like passionate about, and I've had a lot of conversations with like young leaders about this is, um, my view of accountability. There is what I would call it like formal accountability and informal accountability. Yeah. Formal accountability is going to be more about, um, who is the larger grouping or the tribe God has called you to run with in your ministry. Um, and you know, a great example of this, you know, if you, you know, went to Rama and you know, maybe the, the Rama is your tribe. Yeah. Uh, you know, other people that, you know, if you're in different ministries, you come out of, uh, like the assemblies of God, like a denomination, you know, that, that would be an example of like a formal accountability. But then there's also the informal, which is what we're talking about within our group, which is, yeah, these are our, they, that hinges on relationship. Yeah. And so why that's important that we need both is because, um, if you just have the relational component, uh, you're, you're disconnected from the larger body of Christ. Yeah. That's when, honestly, that's when things are prone to get weird. Yeah. That's when for sure things are prone, you know, a lot of spiritual encounters and experiences inside of that, outside of having that, that greater connection, that's when things start getting away from, uh, that's when you start, you know, disconnecting from a local church is when you start disconnecting, uh, from the greater vision of where the body of Christ is going. But Aside from that, a lot of people, when they only have the formal accountability, which is those organizations, the denominations, they actually don't have that personal vulnerability. They don't have that person in close enough proximity that you're actually asking them the hard question. I think there's a disconnect if you don't have both. A hundred percent. I agree. And that's what I'm finding is like for years I had the relational. Yeah. Um, but it was almost like my wheels were spinning in place. Yeah. But when I actually, and I remember I had a conversation with a, you know, our good friend, Anthony Washington. He's like, Hey, I feel like you need to find an association of some sorts to really connect with. Yeah. And when I did, 
that's when the church came to be. The church wasn't even a thought. But then when I connected with that formal accountability as well, as I maintained the relational accountability, that's when my ministry took off. Yeah. And I'm telling you, that is huge. I'm telling you, I, I challenge you, if you're young and you're in ministry or you want to be in ministry and you're stuck, start asking those questions. Who do I associate with? Who? What is my tribe? Yeah, I love yeah. that word tribe. Now, I know some people, you know, it, it gets weird, but uh, I love it because your tribe is like, who are the people that we think the same? Yeah. Like we, we're going to end up in the same flow, the same, yeah. you know, vision, the same kind of, we identify with where we all want to go. Yeah. That's how you find that like formal accountability. And I think it's a sense of belonging to, yep. Hey, we're, we're, like you said, we're almost in the same stream. We're going to the same place. We're going to the same direction. And how can I join in to be a part of where we're going collectively? And I think it's so important, like Taylor was saying, that you don't only just have the relational aspect with that organizational aspect, but you don't also just have the organizational because you can get lost in the sea. Oh yeah. And you need to have, you need to be on a boat in the sea. If you know what I mean? Like you need to have the two working together. And the best way, so, cause there's times where we have relationships, but I want to make something clear in all, all of what we're saying, we still need pastoral leadership in our life. For sure. We yeah. still, it, because even inside of that, like the big, sometimes, you know, if you're actively in the ministry, you feel like you don't have that champion. Well, I'm telling you, start right now. So say you do know who it is that you feel God has called you to on the, the formal accountability. You have your try, yeah. you, know, you know who that is, and but you're still feeling like there's a lack of, um, you, maybe you have the relational as well, but you still feel like there, maybe there's something more. I want you to stop right now. After we finish this podcast, go and start looking up events where other pastors and other leaders within your tribe are going to be there. Go and reach out to them and invite them to coffee. Start building relationships with people within your tribe. It's not for promotion. It's not for networking. It's specifically because God has probably called you to run alongside them. Uh, but you have been in a place where you're doing the ministry, you're doing the work, and God's wanting to get you into these different relationships because yeah. you're all going to the same place together. Yeah. It's do not be radical individuals. Yeah. Go out and form relationships. Ministry is about relationship. You want to travel. You want to, you know, maybe be an itinerant. It's not about you going. Yeah. You know, if I hear someone say, I didn't come here to get invited back. You know what? That That's a great idea. And I understand what people are saying, yeah. but there's more than that. There's relationship yeah. involved and you want to value relationship before anything else. Relationship is the most powerful. It's the oldest form of fellowship in the Bible covenant. Yeah. It, 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 it goes all the way back to the beginning. And I think one thing that I hear really hear what you're saying at the heart of it is that you have to be intentional. Yeah, these relationships. That's our group. Yes, our group. That's what we're talking about is you have to be intentional. Like even having Taylor here today, I had to be intentional about reaching out, asking him, hey, would you like to join? Even with the other members of the group, we have to be intentional about continuing in our relationship or else it'd be like anything else and things fall away or other priorities come. But you have to make a decision. No, this is important to me. And like you were saying, even going to these events and it, it can seem like networking, but I would almost yeah. see it as intentionality. It is like, no, I'm taking an intentional step to make sure that I am connected where God placed me, where I'm supposed to be. And I have to be intentional in that. I have to get out and, and do things. It just can't, it's not going to fall into my lap. 
Yeah. And you know, one thing, um, because again, finding that tribe is, is, it can be really difficult. I actually talked to a lot of people and people that are either in ministry or they want to be in the ministry or even people that have, you know, maybe been a part of ministries and, you know, whether they've stepped into something different, that is a really hard thing of, of finding. But what I have found is in my personal experience, you know, God had really put a specific organization in our, in our heart. Yeah. And we identified with where they were going, uh, but we didn't have any relationship. But again, I started going to events. I mean, I, and I paid the price. I mean, paying out of pocket to go to the yeah, events, yeah. to just establish relationships with people and being vulnerable and saying, hey, I'd love to get uh, get together. Uh, I'd love to, you know, uh, talk. I want to hear how how have you done it? I was on a call and and I started to familiarize myself with the people that make up that tribe. And but I had never been affiliated with anybody in that group before. I'd never really had you know prior relationship, but I just had to reach out. And I'm telling you right now, stop with the lie that you're doing it for self-promotion. You're not, you're doing it because God has called you to be connected with those individuals yeah. and to go where they're going. Not yeah. because you want promotion, you want opportunity and different things. And you know, if you have the relational, they'll call you out on that. That's why I know I'm good. If I'm reaching out to these individuals, people like you, you know, uh, Timo, Josh, I and mean, you know, all of y'all know, okay, Taylor's motive, we're yeah. dying for now. So it's fine. Um, but, uh, if, if, you know, I have the relational, you guys are going to call me out. Hey, Taylor, it looks like you guys, you might be doing this in a way that's promoting yourself. And, and I don't think that's maybe how you want it to look, but it might, it actually looks that way. Yeah. And if I think what you said is getting over the light of this is self-promotion, but no, being intentional to connect it and be involved, be engaged. And also looking for ways that I can connect with the vision. I, I feel like this is my tribe. We're going in the same direction. How can I attach? Like you would do it. You were like, okay, there's these. I, I love that advice to find sped bins with pastors or other people and, and just be there. And go and encourage you. Okay, I'm going to say that now. That's good. You think that every pastor, every leader, every organization, they all feel encouraged and fully like, man, I'm doing the thing. I'm going to tell you right now, they don't. Yeah, stop right now. I'm telling you, pull out your phone and text your pastor right now. Let him know that not only do you love them and you're faithful for him, but be specific. Tell them exactly what they mean to you and how much they're impacting your life. Also, when I do this, I'm not looking for the people that I agree with the most because you're not going to agree with them. Yeah. And that's part of why we separate from this formal accountability. We have one moment where we're offended and, you know, we think, okay, well, I, you know, there's nothing for me in that. No, again, humility, sobriety. Yeah. Maybe you don't guard it. And maybe you, maybe you don't know why that situation happened the way it happened. You know, uh, uh, take it to your, your root and say, hey, this happened. I don't know how to feel about it. You know, that happens to me all the time. It happened to me this past week. And, you know, I'm over here and I'm, I'm texting Josh. Hey, how, how much should I respond to this situation? How do I, yeah. you know, what would be good for, for me to kind of do? Because I don't want to break fellowship at all costs. Do not break fellowship. Yeah, fellowship is so important. You don't want to end up on an island and don't want to be um, drifting by the the way of this. And you want to be connected to the ground. Yeah. And you want to go where God wants you to go. And he's probably not called you to be a lone ranger. All you lone ranger, all you John the Baptist yeah. out there, I'm telling you what, you're not John the Baptist. Yeah. I'll let you know right now, you were not called to do this thing alone. 
And God is wanting to connect you with people in the body of Christ because it's going to bring in glory and it's going to actually help you go to destiny. Yeah, and I love what you said is to look to your pastor and to give him the courage. <laughs> I, know, I think that's huge because a lot of times we're like, hey, hey Pastor Taylor, remind me of how great I am. Remind me of the giftings in me. But really, if we, instead of going to other people and like I was starting to mounting, drawing from them, if we would pour that out, God's going to find a way to pour that back into you and to give you encouragement. But look, instead of looking for other people to be that to you, look to be that person for other people. And I promise you, you're going to be more satisfied than if you had all the compliments and all the woe. Exactly. You know, and you know, even back to the spiritual gifts thing, and then we find the courage to does is there is a gift of encouragement and, and there is gift of exhortation. But one of the things in the study that I found within the, the gift of exhortation and encouraging it is usually while these people um, are, you know, foreign up or far, they're very intentional. They're sending words of encouragement to people. They're like the cheerleader or they're like the coach or in the foreigner, right? Usually they don't have that themselves. And they're oftentimes very isolated and mentally individual. So I'll tell you, reach out, look among you and say, okay, who are the people that I could encourage right now? Um, and, and guys, genuineness, just be genuine, be authentic. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say is this, God has something genuine and authentic for every single person is. You don't need to go out and copy what this person's doing. You don't need to go out and copy what that person is doing. You go out and know that God has put something individually on your life. Uh, but usually it's not going to be uncovered until you, you probably submitted, but probably found some grouping, some identity and association with a larger body of Christ. Uh, that would be mine for anybody that's starting. And, and that's a passion of mine. This last few years has been a, it's been a wild ride. And, and I just want to see people take it. Yeah. I want to see you go out of, you know, your, your Bible school that you're, you know, to don't get equipped and actually going towards what it is you set out to do in the Charlotte. Yeah. And that's so good. And, you know, Taylor, you didn't come on that low anything that you're doing. You were just wanting to come and share your art. I wanted you to share your art. But for people that are in Chattanooga, if they're like, man, I'm looking for somewhere to go, how can people find you? And also, word and spirit with you and your wife, Farissa. His wife, Farissa, is a phenomenal minister in and out for herself as well. And she's putting out content all the time, bone down you guys in conjunction with each other. So how do you, how do people find you there? Yeah. If you want to go to Instagram, you can just look up word X spirit. Um, that's how you could really find what my wife is doing. And, and really that's just like, it's be a voice. It's the goal to raise up a generation of the Bibleists. Uh, but if you want to look at where our church is doing, you can either go to lopachat.org or look us up, um, at, at lopachat. Uh, and just kind of see more what we're doing and uh, what we'll be in our, we're having a conference in June uh, with a good friend of mine, Julian Adams. He's going to be speaking. It's going to be followed the Bible Glory Conference. So kind of let you know we're going for high levels of the power of God and the three versions. He, he's awesome. And I know you have a great relationship with him as well. So even if you're in the area, you already have a local home church, completely fine. But check out this conference. Go to their website. Find them on Instagram. And you'll be excited that you did. So Taylor, thanks again for thank you. Love it, man.